Welcome everyone to the Apocalypse Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Reverend Van Beek. Ah, oh, that's a midterm. Like we've we've had longer terms, we've had shorter terms. This is in the middle. It is, and it's because we're talking about specific church stuff that I thought I'd go with the Reverend rather than the Doctor. Oh, nice, nice. I see that. Yeah. Last week was Doctor. Yep. This week is Reverend. Okay. Next week, who knows? Okay. So my friend, when you say that we're going to talk about specific church stuff, where would you like to take us this week? Okay. Well, let's, um, my school, right. Um, is a, it's a Christian school and it's a very good Christian school. I'm, I'm very pleased to be there. Um, but we have an open, open policy on admission. That means that, that we usually, we expect our teachers to follow some some pattern of faith and and in Christ in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus but we don't have any expectation of our students that way mm-hmm. like we are we are open admission so you're not signing any kind of a what do they call that a community form a, a community a standards document or something like that yeah but in the midst of it i've been getting to know people from different church groups and the issue on the table right now happens to be the lbgtq++ issue mm-hmm. right and I've been just kind of watching where where the different churches have been going with that, hmm. and um, and and so the both the CRC and the Pentecostals, and I don't know, I don't know about the um, what's your what's your group, the Alliance. Yeah, we're I don't both know what CMA Alliance, and Church of Nazarene. Yeah, 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 and I'm not sure where they've gone with that, but the the Lutherans are accepting. Um, LBGTQ pastors, but the Pentecostals have decided not to, and then the and the CRC have been a little a little harsher in the way that they've said it. Yeah, um, and but the, they've both said they've both said no to that. Yeah, that so aspect. both the, and the same with the CMA and the Church of the Nazarene too, from my understanding. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So we we've, we've been they've been kind of holding steady um, that way, and and it, it, it's a it's a very big issue. The Baptists in my town. Um, where I'm from, the Baptists, I think the Baptists overall in that there must be 50 different um, flavors of Baptists, but this one, this one group is, they're struggling with the whole issue as well. Mm-hmm. And, and all I wanted to talk about is, is that in my opinion, probably five years from now, um, some, of the, some of our churches will, will accept this. Mm-hmm. And in the next decade, most of us will. A few mm-hmm. will not. A few mm-hmm. never will, but most of us will probably accept this. And my reasoning on that, um, if I if I take you through the Pentecostals, and this will fit some of the other churches as well. Um, when I started in the ministry, so that was I became I don't remember, nineteen eighty something I think early eighties. Okay. Um, Pentecostals did not drink. Mm-hmm. Pentecostals um, um, before that did not go did not go dancing did not go to dances. Right. And they did not go to movies, actually. Hmm. Um, now, the the Pentecostals overall started going to movies. But if you went to the Bible college and prepared to be a minister, they did not allow you to go to movies. Mm-hmm. That's right. I remember that when thinking about like Summit Pacific, where you and I were close to, which was Western Pentecostal when I was a kid in Abbotsford. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And so now um, movies are not an issue at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, drinking um, alcoholic beverages or, or smoking marijuana, probably, is is still a thing that Pentecostals don't do. Now, some that call themselves liberated do, but 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 
it's it's sort of still a, a no-no to Pentecostals. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what happens when you're going for your license, if they even ask. I think they just avoid the question is what mm -hmm. they do. Mm -hmm. But um, but it used to be that that you if you if you drank alcohol, you could not be a minister in mm -hmm. the Pentecostal church. And dancing was one. I don't know where that ended up. But we just we didn't. I think it's because they were all kind of middle-aged white men and nobody wants to see them <laughs> dancing. No, no that's... <laughs> That's wrong. It only works in Footloose, and it, you have to be under eighteen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It is. It is a hideous thing if uh, if a bunch of a bunch of Pentecostal men start dancing. So, so those are very little things, and and there's nothing in Scripture on any of those, right? Mm -hmm. Like alcohol, um, uh, the mo the most Paul said is is take a little for your stomach. Um, deacons shouldn't be drunk. But there was really nothing about that, and and our thing on alcohol actually came out of the um, Salvation Army, mm, and the mm. Salvation Armies came out of them working with with alcoholics, right? And and they and and people that drank a lot and and struggled with life's issues from drinking, right? And that's where they came, and that's where we came because we came, you know, we actually started just before the um, oh, what do they call it? The prohibition. That's mm -hmm. kind of the era that the Pentecostal started in. So everybody was saying alcohol was wrong in those days, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. So so that those those are those are kind of minor ones, right? Mm -hmm. Then 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 I'm just going to come to a bigger one, and that's the issue of divorce. Mm -hmm. And the issue of divorce, <clears throat> right up from Pentecostal started in the 1920s up through the 1980s. Um, if if I was teaching, I would teach that divorce was wrong. Okay. I would take you to um, to Mark 10, 1 to 12, and, and we would say divorce is wrong. We would say in Mark 12, um, Jesus actually, he, he states, well, now some people would say you can't say Jesus states. Mark um, quoted mm -hmm. something that Jesus talked about and stated, you know, right. that, um, that, that divorce was wrong. And actually the Mark passage he starts off with Moses and he says, um, well, Moses allowed it because of the hardness of your hearts. Mm, mm. But I'm telling you, you cannot be divorced. Right. Right. Um, oh, here. So Moses permitted a man to get divorced with a certificate of divorce. So that's that's that. Do you want to read that part? Sure. Just that little bit there. Uh, starting at verse four. Yeah. So uh, chapter Mark 10. Verse four. Well, start at two. Start at two and just two. go down to nine. Okay, done deal, bud. Some Pharisees came and asked him and tested came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied, and that's Jesus. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Well, keep going. Do that last little bit there. Okay. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. If she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. So, so it's pretty, it's, it's kind of clear, isn't it? Yep. That, that Jesus was saying you shouldn't get divorced, but Matthew, take me to Matthew five and just read 31 and 32 as well. 
Sorry, folks, you just got to wait to hear my slow typing. <laughs> you said 31? <clears throat> yeah. Just before so, the I for an I, because we don't want to go there. No, no, that's, that's, <laughs> stop that. Because uh, yeah. that also applies to, to, uh, to marriage. Um, but yeah. <laughs> 531, folks, that's where I'll start. It has been said anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you, that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her a victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So there's the exception clause. Mm -hmm. And and this, this story is told in all three of the synoptics, right? Matthew, um, oh, not the synoptics. It's in, it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. That's not the synoptics. Mm. Yes, that is the synoptics. John is the one that's not a synoptic. <laughs> All right, I'm, you're I'm, I'm getting confused. You're doing fine. It's all good. It's because I'm a reverend right now. I'm not the doctor. That's <laughs> yeah, you had to turn that part <laughs> That's off. That's the thing. <laughs> so, so what happened in the Pentecostal church right up through about 1980? Um, we would have said divorce is wrong. Mm. Now we made some very bad errors in the midst of that. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like ministers told women in abusive situations that you have to stay with your husband because divorce is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I would say that was a that was a hideous error yeah. on the on the on the part of ministers. I mean, I mean, you're in an abusive situation. Get out of there, right? Yeah. Like, do get out of there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, of course, yeah, yeah. But but then in the '80s, what happened was some of our bigger ministers, some of the more prominent people in our denomination, um, their kids started getting divorced. All of a sudden, we looked at it again. And it sounds, you know, you could do that in a snide way and say, oh, yeah, now now it matters, right? Now that that, that they're getting divorced. But, um, but you could also do it in a way that was the trigger that caused us to look at it again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and we looked at it again, and, and our denomination decided if there's, a, if there's sexual immorality, then, then it's okay to get remarried, mm. right? And it, it kind of, it was like that for a while. We could not, as ministers, marry people, but we let them in our churches, right? Sure. We, we were very gracious that way. We let, <laughs> let them in our churches. And um, eventually, eventually we said that ministers could, could, could get remarried or could stay as ministers if, if the spouse, but we, we kept saying this, this, um, this if, if the spouse had committed adultery thing. Hmm. And and the oddity of that, of course, is how do you prove something like that? Like you, like if you want to be a pastor, you've got to hire a private eye to follow <laughs> your your spouse around to, and take pictures of them in adultery. That would yeah. that would break your heart. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. So we kind of the the clause is still there, but I don't really think we do anything about it. Mm. And so our churches, um, you know, we're we're probably fifty percent divorced person people in our churches, just like like anywhere else right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and a lot, most of the, or a lot of the people I work with are divorced and remarried and quite, if I said quite happily divorced and remarried, I don't, I, you know, happily married, if they're happily married. I don't know. Yeah. But, but the thing that I wanted to point out was that the church and some people say though, the church follows the world. So the world goes somewhere 10 years later, the church follows. And, and there's a very strong truth to that. Mm -hmm. Because that is actually what happens, right? Mm -hmm. Is we become acclimatized to what's going on around us, and then we um, then we accept this thing. Mm. But but maybe there's a there's a positive way of looking at it as well, and saying, 
as as people that we love and care about get into these situations, it causes us to look more deeply at them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so now, now the Pentecostals, we allow divorce and remarriage mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we still, we still have the clause and um, maybe my job in the Pentecostals will be to follow people around. And if they give me a good wage, I'll, I'll happily, I'll happily do that. So, so, um, but, but for years um, we said it was wrong. Mm. And, and for years, because not very many people were getting divorced, there was no need to, to confront this issue. Mm. But once a lot of people are getting divorced, then all of a sudden you have to confront the issue. Right. And you have to confront it sometimes in, 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 a, in a, a loving way. But anyway, that's what we did. So the next one was, of course, women teaching over men. And, and I like this one particularly because, um, oddly enough to me, oddly to me, um, this is still a struggle in some of our, in some of our evangelical denominations, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, but it's weird the way the Pentecostals did it. So again, up through the 1980s, 80s were a, were a big time for us <coughs> up through the, up through the early 80s, we did not allow women to, um, be ordained. Mm. Now we did allow them a thing called recognition of ministry. But, but we didn't allow them anything else. And we had the funniest little rule. We had this rule that said um, a woman cannot pastor a church. So a woman cannot teach over a man. Mm -hmm. Unless there's nobody around to pastor the church. And then a woman can pastor the church. So, <laughs> so we had women in the denomination pastoring the crappiest churches because, because no one else wanted to. And right. this was their only way to be ministers. Right. Yeah. Now they could still they could still do teaching they they I, they taught in in our schools which is odd in that sense but um, but couldn't be pastors hmm. so so um, in the 1980s we we looked back at the scriptures and said oh we think it's okay however um, when you look through the scriptures now I just read a I just picked up a thing on the 20 scriptures that show that women can teach over men right. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't I didn't want to go through all the scriptures here because there's so many of them. Um, but and first Timothy, it talks about deacons. And in my 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 version, actually, oddly enough, my version says deacons wives and it lays, lays down rules for the wives of deacons. Hmm. But in the original, it actually says deaconesses. Hmm. And we don't know for sure if a deaconess is a deacon's wife, which probably not. Probably she's a woman deacon in the church. Mm -hmm. And deacon just means servant. And 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 in the churches, the deacons did the serving kind of stuff. Right. Right. In our churches now, the deacons do the business stuff. We used to have a board of elders as well that did spiritual stuff, and deacons did the more mm -hmm. um, the more physical, material things around the church. Right. 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 Replace the windows and make sure money's okay and stuff like that. Yeah. But that Timothy passage does say deaconesses. There's another passage in 1 Corinthians 14, 34 to 35. Do you want to read that one? Yeah. There's... I'm going to take you to another one to read too. Okay. And you said 14? <clears throat> yeah. Am I giving you enough chance to talk here? Or am I just yakking? Oh, you are, do you are doing absolutely fine, sir. <clears throat> okay. I, th I think our podcast goes better when you, when you, when you say more. <laughs> <And I say less. laughs> it's fine 
Folks, First uh, Corinthians 14, starting at verse 34, women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Yeah. So at first, that, that was one of the passage being used. But we, what we were able to do is say this, there's a very strong cultural aspect to this mm-hmm. passage. And I, I don't know how true it is, but they said, you know, generally in the churches, men sat on one side and women sat on the other. And mm-hmm. the idea was, and somebody might poo-poo this, but the idea was that the women would yell across and ask their husbands questions about what was going on in the sermon. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so Paul was actually not speaking to to women not being able to teach or do other functions, but just telling them, you know, in this kind of a situation, shut up a little bit, would you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so that was, so there was a cultural piece to that. But where we where we struggle is there's a piece in 2 Timothy 2.12 that, that has no cultural background at all, from what I, what I recall. Oops. Yeah, and it's actually Second Timothy, not first, but oh, sorry. Yeah, well, that's not a problem, Stephen. No, it was First Timothy. No, it's Second Timothy two twelve. Is that second? All right, Timothy. is it First Timothy two twelve? That's First First Timothy. First Timothy two twelve. Why did I put down Second Timothy? Oh, uh, you were spinning Why? the wheel of Timothy's, and it landed on two. Well, <laughs> I should have known that you would know this better than me. Oh. <laughs> No, not at all. I don't. Uh, 1 Timothy 2.12, folks. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over men. She must be quiet. Yeah. And the quiet thing might might be leading to the other, but that he says, I don't permit her to teach or assume authority over a man. And that's the one that that we generally, or over her husband, um, that's the one that generally we say, that's a tougher one to get around because it's, there's there's less background to that. Now I notice in the footnotes there it actually says or over her husband, right? Mm-hmm. Which which we don't even want to talk about in in this one because I don't want to get killed on the way to to work tomorrow <laughs> by 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 every irate person out there. So, um, but we've often said that that be that this teaching or assume authority over over men um, is is really really doesn't have the background. Mm-hmm. And so these are the kind of things that those that continue to argue that women should not have pastoral authority, this is the kind of stuff. And the, and the other people will show you, you know, a dozen places in scripture where, where women are deaconesses, where women are prophetesses, and, and the, you know, they have all kinds of positions of authority. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the churches will stand by that. Now, our church, of course, in the 1980s, um, our, what our church said was, you know, we have women ministering in our churches. It's really ridiculous that we don't ordain them. Hmm. Like either don't let them do it, right. which we're not willing to do, or or stand up for what what you what you say. And and so we started ordaining women in 1984. So I I got my papers, my ordination in 1984, and um, I, as I said, in somewhere else, the other uh, there was an older lady with me, a couple of them actually. And one of them said to me, "Oh, just in time to put it on my tombstone. This is this is really great," and <laughs> and and ever since then we've allowed women in ministry in our churches. Mm, mm. But but the thing that brought us there was 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 not our somebody sitting down with scripture and saying, 
you know, let's let's reread this and, and see. What brought us there was us looking at all the women around that were doing ministry and going, well, we gotta we gotta take another look at the Bible and see what's going on here because because right. what we're our actions and what we say scripture is are different. Same with divorce. Remember, our actions and what we think scripture is are different. And um, and so as society moves in this direction, we move in this direction. Mm -hmm. And right now, the issue that's facing the church um, is is this whole the whole issue of of homosexuality and homosexual relationships and stuff. And they are starting to look at those passages, and and <clears throat> and um, saying things like like what about love? What about caring for people? You know, if we're excluding people, you know, are we are we really caring for them? Is this really an issue in in our society? Mm -hmm. um, is Romans really saying um, that they've abandoned you know their nature because because the what the people that are arguing it now are saying, but Romans says they they are abandoning their nature and burning in lust for one another. but but what if their nature is this? They're not abandoning it if this is their nature. And um, and and they we look at at physical attributes, and we talk about. Um, I always talk about hermaphrodites. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you're born with with both, and there are about three million people. When I last checked it, it might be four million now that are born this way. Mm -hmm. And um, and they say in first world countries, the um, the doctors or the parents or the doctors choose at birth what they're going to make you. But I don't know what is how how is that in your psyche? How is that in psychologically? Mm -hmm. So there are things that I don't understand. Right. I'm pretty sure that that Paul wasn't saying anything other than what we're reading there. But what I'm not sure is do we do we have to continue in that today? I don't know. Right. Right. So that's the piece I don't know. And and you know what? Um, many Christians, like the guy who wrote that article that I read would say, of course you have to. That's what scripture says. But I said, well, we didn't do that with divorce. We didn't do that with women in teaching. We didn't do it with alcohol. We didn't do it with dancing. Mm -hmm. This one, this one's closer to home. It, it's, it has, it seems to have more effect on us than the others. Um, is, is it a, as you would say, is it a first issue or is it a second issue? I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a fascinating way to, because like this is not, it's not like it's been promoted from a second order issue. We've always considered homosexuality, LGBTQ, at least in the broad evangelical church up till today or up till recently, let's maybe put it that way, as a first order issue. Mm -hmm. We just have. In the 80s, we considered divorce and remarriage a first order issue. So it's interesting how that, like you said, that interchanges, we've moved things forward and forward and backward. You see, well, baptism would have been in there for some people, right? Whether mm -hmm. it's infant baptism or not infant baptism. And yet we've shuffled this thing around where it sits in the, the hierarchy of uh, of sins, lest I say it that way. <laughs> well, and, and, and interesting to say it that way, because if you look at that, you know, we don't, we don't give a toot about gluttony and love of money and, <laughs> you know, some of these other sins. Right. Um, gossip. Gossip is mentioned all the time. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can tell you about some people that I know that are gossiping. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I heard. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but the other piece I want to mention is that um, our, our, and my, our, kids are, our kids are with everybody. They're being taught by media. They're being taught by the school. This is going to change in the next decade. I think, it is, I, it is I absolutely so. going to change. Yeah, 
yeah, rarely have we seen a culture, a Christian culture, regress on these issues, right? We we may yeah. have had a tiny flavor of that in the U.S. right now. Would you think? Oh, that's a possibility. Um, uh, the 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 hard right, you mean? Yeah. Or we have yeah. things like the the Florida bill that they've branded the "Don't Say Gay" bill, or all yeah. those things where we've we've had this this sort of mini pushback. But do you, do you think that's a lasting thing inside the church there, or is that just a temporary blip and then it will recede right back again? Yeah, and I have no idea. Like the states is um, Christianity in the states is so different than Canada. Mm-hmm. Christianity in the states is is um, is so political. Mm-hmm. And in Canada, it's not so political. It's you know, it's a little, it's you know, small p, but but it's definitely not not the politic, the political strength that it has in the states. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. where where actually most of the conservative Christians in the states are are staunch Republicans. Yeah, like I wouldn't say there are a whole lot of Christian Democrats in the states, mm-hmm. but maybe that's only maybe I only hear from the from the Republicans, right. But, but, but our, I, our, 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 go ahead. Oh, I, no, I was going to say, I think you're absolutely right, especially in evangelical circles. If you take the wider church, if you broaden it out to the Episcopalians and Lutherans and whatever else in the U.S., I think you'd see, maybe Catholics, you'd see a different band of that. But evangelicals, is, and that's where we're talking about today. Yeah, that's a Republican type. Very, very strongly Republican. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so there's there's that political thing that we don't have in Canada. But but the other thing, this um, where where we're going with scripture, I think I think there is a, a very strong societal issue to it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like that could be very wrong, very bad, you know, no compromise. But sometimes compromise is not the wrong thing. Sometimes, sometimes it's it's the appropriate way to go, you know, in in the in in loving everybody and, and caring for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, anyway, I I just thought we would touch on that today, and and leave it with you. Well, buddy, that was excellent. Thank you so much for taking us through that, folks. It's really interesting to think, isn't it? One a how how we are affected by the wider society, and then two, how, where do we place? some of these scriptural commands in our own hierarchies. How, how do we deal with that? Um, I think Larry and I have said before, there, there is a hierarchy of sins. We tend to view sexual sin on a higher plane than we view all other sins for some reason. That's been the way since I was a kid in the 80s. Sexual sin was the greatest sin you could do, even though we thought there was actually greater sins you could do. <laughs> like Apparently something about grieving the Holy Spirit is really bad. I've heard that one. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that that's not a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, but yet somehow we put sexual sin on that same pedestal. So it's fascinating, like Larry's taking us through that. And yet the kids now, or I shouldn't say all of them, but but many um, don't view fornication as an issue at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And for us, it was huge. Yeah. You know so to speak. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's just, and, I, and I, I'm trying to put my finger on, is it because we just simply made it all about behavior and we had no, we had nothing behind to back up that holiness or was yeah. it the fact that we actually needed to make this change and actually view it very differently? So, yeah. And maybe if we're not political, 
then then we can we can stay strong on our views. But when we get political, then we're pushing our views where they don't belong. Oh, I like where you've gone with that. If we don't make it about left and right, and we make it about the word of God, maybe we're in a better, far, far better spot than we ever could be. Yeah. Nicely put, my friend. Folks, as always, we are so thankful that you come along with us on this journey. Um, thank you, Lair. That was, like I said, absolutely fantastic. And we hope that you'll join us in a week's time. We're going to talk about something else. We're not going to tell you today. Could be because we don't know what we're going to talk about. Could be because yeah. we're keeping it I a secret. I do know, Stephen. I do know. Oh, well, let's keep it a secret. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because okay. that adds to the mystery. They have to come back next week. Right? <laughs> you want to be mysterious. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're good on the mystery. So, folks, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, I was Steve. He was Larry. And this was the Apocalypse Podcast.